Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Gold Hoop Show. It is I, your fearless host, Callan. I'm so happy that you're here. I am so excited for this episode. I just have so many juicy things to talk about. Um, how are you doing? You doing all right? I'm doing all right. I'll be totally honest with you. I feel like the week that we're in and the week that we're going into is going to get more intense. Um, so make sure you take care of yourself this week. Check in with yourself. Check in with your friends. Um, but let's put all the nonsense aside and let's have some fun for about an hour. Although, if you know me, you know I could talk for six hours. Housekeeping, won't you please like, subscribe, and leave a review for this podcast on whatever platform it is that you're listening to. It would mean the absolute world to me. Please follow me on Instagram at Gold Hoops Show. Feel free to send me your feedback, your questions. You can DM me on Instagram or you can email me, goldhoopshow at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear from you. I got some listener questions and some feedback this week, so it's making me feel really excited. Um, watch out Paris Hilton because I'm coming for you. Uh, all right, let's get right into it. College football is back. Now, I've shared with you guys that I live in Ann Arbor. Most of you know this. Ann Arbor is obviously a huge football town. I can tell you that it has been a dream of mine that we could go one year without football because I don't know, maybe I'm an anomaly in this town, but every game day, the whole city shuts down. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. I, for one, don't understand football. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm not into it. But it's back. People are happy. This means nothing to me. I turned the game on in support of my husband. He was excited to watch it, which he's not a football person, but I think it was just something new, you know? He was like, oh, are you going to watch the game? I'm like, you've never once said this to me in our whole relationship, but sure. And I must say, the highlight of the game that Michigan played, who they played against, I couldn't tell you, was the audience members. Please tell me you guys saw the cardboard cutouts in the audience. U of M was selling those bad boys for a hundred bucks a pop. You could pay a hundred bucks and have your photo as a cardboard cutout put in the stadium. My one question would be, have we any concern for the environment? Gonna leave it at that. Uh, not sure who won the game, but go blue, go green, go to sleep, go away, I don't care. Now, Saturday was the, the day of the game. Let me tell you a little bit about what happened to Enrique, my son David and I. Now. The reminder, my son is nine years old. He has severe autism and that manifests in obviously social deficits, but also communication deficits. And I, I love my son more than anything. Many times he's in his own universe, which this worked out very well in this situation. So now that the weather is colder here in Michigan, all that we're able to do is just kind of rotate which parks that we go to. So we go to like every city park, every school playground, every single day because school's not in session in this town. So we go on Saturday to this school close to our house. I live in a wonderful neighborhood. My whole community is really great, but I never feel unsafe here. We go to this school and this particular school has a playground in the front and a playground in the back. Okay, I need you to, I need you to visualize this for me. So usually when we go there, we'll go to both playgrounds, right? Chop it up. So we go to the playground in the front. The sun is starting to set, okay? 
The playground from the back, in the back, is not visible from the street or from the front playground. You have to walk down kind of like a little pathway and then it opens up, all right? So we're walking, it's getting a little bit dark. We're walking to go to the back of the, the back playground. And Enrique goes, is that a makeout session? And I look on the play structure. Right now it's probably like 20, 30 feet ahead of me, okay? And I look and I see like legs and shoes, but it's not clear what I'm seeing. And I have perfect vision. I mean, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but honk, honk. And I cannot figure out what I'm looking at. I'm like, is it a, is that a makeout session? Is it somebody's pair of shoes? Is it somebody's pants? What is it? As we approach, it becomes very clear to me that it is two individuals having sex on the playground. Oh yes, you heard me. Mind you, I'm with my nine-year-old son who, thank God, was totally oblivious to this whole situation. Thank God. So then we walk up to the playground because David's already running towards the swing set, right? Enrique and I are so taken back because I've never witnessed anything like this. So then we kind of turn the corner to head towards the swing sets and we see another couple on the bench engaging in oral sex with one another. Oh yes, you heard me right. They couldn't have been older than 15. I was looking around for Chris Harris with the sweet tea um, because it was definitely a to catch a predator scenario. I instantly start sweating. David, again, is totally oblivious. He's singing, swinging on the swing sets. Enrique and I are dodging, like we cannot stop looking, but we can't look because it's illegal, most likely. And we're like, what the fuck do we do? I'm like, we gotta get, like, we gotta go. But David is hellbent on staying at the park. And if David's hellbent on something, he's hellbent on it. So we're trying to distract him. Now, never would I have ever had sex on a playground, okay? I was much more sophisticated. I gave my hand jobs in abandoned cars behind the bowling alley. I mean, let's get real here. But if I were in that situation and adults approached me, I would have ran away, acted like nothing was going on. Oh, no these two couples kept doing it. They didn't stop. So now I'm getting freaked out even more. And then I'm like, of course, the dateline in me is like, is everything okay here? Like, are we in a, like a sex trafficking situation? What's going on? So we take David and we're walking like across the playground. Okay. As far as we can go and you can get pretty far. It's a huge playground. So I, of course, call the cops and I'm like, Hey, I just want to report this. We're, we're at a playground, like these seem to be young children. I'm concerned there might be a safety issue here. So we turn a corner so that we can't see them anymore. And David's playing and I'm like, oh, thank God, like either let the police show up or let them leave. We come back like 10 minutes later, they're still there. The one couple is still there, okay? Still going at it. I'm like, first of all, bravo to you to be young again. You must have a great supply of B12 and energy drinks. Proud of you, know that I am. Then we are, Enrique and I are like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So we keep walking. We walk to the front playground where our car is. And the other couple that was having sex on the playground has now moved to the front playground and are parlaying on the front playground. Enrique and I were like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And then I was like, we gotta go. Like, I don't want to hang around for the cops. This feels illegal. I feel gross. Like, I know David isn't has no clue what's going on, but I don't want him exposed to this. It was a living nightmare. And, you know, 
the beauty of our future belongs to the youth. I mean, what am I supposed to say? Literally sweating. Broke out in sweat. All right, let's get into the song of the week. When I'm feeling low, one of my go-to songs is typically Young Turks by Rod Stewart. Why it's called Young Turks, I still have yet to find out because he doesn't say that in the entire song. But that has been one of my go-to songs since high school when I'm just feeling kind of like blah. So I'll throw that on the playlist because she's been on heavy rotation this week. But the song that's going to bring us all together that we really need in this moment, especially in the political landscape, is a song called Come to Mama by Lady Gaga. You know it. You love it. You've heard it. It's going to make you feel good. It's going to make you feel protected and safe. Just listen to it. You won't regret it. Um, hoops rating. One of my listener questions was, what have I been doing um, throughout quarantine to stay entertained? So I'm going to give my hoops rating to answer that question. Shout out to Melissa from Brighton. Thank you so much for this question. I love it. Um, I found a game. Do not judge me, okay? I'm not somebody who plays games on their phone. I'm just not. But I found a game called Dressed, D-R-E-S-T, okay? Dressed. And in essence, you are a stylist and you get assigned certain photo shoots or assignments or whatever, and you create outfits and submit them to get a scoring. And the scoring is what gives you your money to buy outfits. But here's the kicker you use real clothes. So all designer clothing, Prada, YSL, Balmain, Gucci, all of those designers, you can type in and use clothes from current collections to dress your models. And then as you get good scores on all of your outfits that you create, you get access to more makeup, more models, more backdrops. I'm totally obsessed. Again, it's called Dressed, D-R-E-S-T. Um, I would give it a nine out of 10. It's good. The next thing that I found, this I found this pretty recently, is an Instagram account that I would give a 10 out of 10. Do you guys remember the site back like when we were, when I was in middle school, it was called Hot or Not, and you would like rate people? It's kind of similar to that, but it's called, it's called at siblings or dating. Okay, that's the Instagram handle, at siblings or dating. And they show pictures of people and you have to guess whether they're siblings or they're dating. It doesn't sound interesting or fun. And you know what? Maybe it isn't, but I have had a complete blast with it. I'm obsessed. You have to watch their stories to submit like your guests and then they make a post and reveal if it was siblings or if they're dating. And nine times out of 10, I get it wrong. More recently, did you guys watch Borat too? Oh my God. Sasha Baron Cohen, who I am sexually attracted to on a very extreme level, just released Borat 2. You guys all remember Borat from 2005. Um, I actually think that Sasha Baron Cohen is a genius, but Borat was the only one of his movies that I really liked. Everything that he released after that was kind of a dud. But I wanted to watch Borat 2, number one, because what else do we have going on? Number two, because of the Rudy Giuliani thing that happens at the end. So Enrique and I watched it on Friday. Again, you can stream it on Amazon Prime. You guys... Enrique and I laughed so hard. We both cried several times. We were laughing so hard. I mean, I was screaming. The way that he is able to interact with people and manipulate their responses is 
freaking genius. His co-star is a young actress from, I think she's from Botswana, maybe. I can't remember where she's from, but she is brilliant. She's equally as funny as him. It is so entertaining. I laughed so hard. If you liked the first one at all, you will love the second one. It is a little bit political, but not too much. Um, but then at the end, there's a bombshell that is dropped with Rudy Giuliani, who, as you know, is Donald Trump's like bestie. I very much think it was a shady thing that went down. A lot of people think that it was just a coincidental thing that happened. I don't want to give too much away, but it's worth watching it for that scene alone. I would give it an 8 out of 10. I'm obsessed. Um, the last thing that I've done to stay entertained, I found a podcast called Voices for Justice. If you like true crime at all, I think you'll really like this podcast. I'm not going to give anything away because everything is revealed within the first 10 minutes of the podcast. Um, but again, it's called Voices for Justice. The woman who put it on, is named, her name is Sarah Turney, and her sister Alyssa Turney went missing in 1999. So this is a long, long time ago. And basically the podcast outlines how her sister went missing. And for the longest time, Sarah thought that, you know, she was the victim of sex trafficking or whatnot. And as Sarah dug deeper into it, she realized that her dad killed and kidnapped her sister. And it's all about the revelation. Again, I'm not giving anything away. She talks all about that within the first 10 minutes. But it's all about the case. She talks to her family members. She talks to her dad very frequently. He's not in prison right now. Um, it's fascinating. It is very upsetting to hear. Trigger warning. It talks a lot about molestation, um, child pornography. It's a sensitive podcast to listen to. You definitely don't want to listen to it if those are uncomfortable topics for you or if you have children present. But it's called Voices for Justice. It's fascinating. Word to the wise, <clears throat> there's about two or three seasons of the podcast. So if you want to start listening to it, make sure that you're listening to the first episode. I thought that I was listening to the first episode, but I was listening to the first episode of the second season and it really threw me off. So just make sure that you check it out there and make sure you're listening to the right episode. All right. I have to recommend this to you guys. I was not aware that not everybody knew or owned this piece of equipment. It is a 15,000 hoops out of 10. I bought in the winter time the Revlon One Step Hair Dryer. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I have thin hair, um, a lot of hair, but it's fine. And I typically curl my hair. I am, I can do my makeup all day long. I cannot do my hair to save my life. So I bought this it looks like a round brush, but it is a blow dryer and it was like 50 bucks. So I was like, eh, if I don't like it, I'll just give it to a friend or, you know, it's no big deal. It's 50 bucks. You guys, it has changed my life. I haven't used a real blow dryer in a year. Every time I do my hair, it looks like I have a salon blowout. You have to buy this. Again, it's called the Revlon One Step Hair Dryer. You can buy it at Target, Walmart, Ulta, Amazon. I don't care how much money it is, it is worth it. You will never use a blow dryer again. Your hair will look like you just left the salon. It doesn't tangle your hair. It doesn't put your hair in a knot. It doesn't destroy your hair. It's amazing. 
and it takes me about half of the time that it used to take me to use a hairdryer. If I could choose one thing that's gotten me through this year, it's this hairdryer. I'm obsessed. I love it. I cannot endorse it enough. Don't waste your money on Dyson or any of that other shit. Buy this. It's the greatest thing ever. All right. Family story time. Now, I've kind of hinted on this podcast, and I can say this freely because I don't think anyone from my family listens to this podcast. Maybe my sister does, my oldest sister, Coco, but no one else does. So I have, sorry, I had to take a sip of my cocktail before I get into this one. So I have kind of a strange relationship with my mom. Um, We have more recently kind of drifted apart because we just have, but A lot of times my mom and I will fall out of touch when she gets a boyfriend. So my mom's been married twice and then she's had, oh God, dozens of serious boyfriends. No judgment. You know, it is what it is. It's her life. She can do what she wants. But she typically stops calling me when she gets a boyfriend. And I get it. You get in a new relationship. You're, you know, wrapped up in one another. It's fun, exciting. You kind of forget that anything else exists. So you, whatever. So I could kind of tell like around April, May that she had a new boyfriend, but I've been kind of vocal about her option, her choices in men previously. She doesn't have the the best choice in men. Um, but anyway, so I would kind of talk to her maybe once every two weeks, whatever. So she calls me, I think it was right after the 4th of July. And I just knew, you know, when you just know that somebody's going to tell you something, So I answer the phone. I'm like, hey, mom, what's up? And she's like, nothing. I just wanted to talk to you. I'm like, okay. Like, you dying or what's going on here? She goes, no, I just wanted to let you know um, that my boyfriend who, oh my God, you guys, I can't remember his name. I think it's John. It's got to be John. It's John. Okay. It's John. I've met the guy once. Okay. She goes, John asked me to marry him and we're getting married. And I was like, say what? She's been dating this guy for maybe, maybe eight weeks. She's like, yeah, we're getting married (coughs) this year. And then we're moving to Florida or Myrtle Beach. I can't remember which one she said. They change their destination all the time. And I was like, "Uh, okay. Like part of me wanted to start sobbing. And then the other part of me was like, my mom is 60 years old. You know, she's a woman of a particular age. She wants a partner who am I to judge? You know, like, who am I to judge? If you're happy, you're happy. I do think it was a little weird that at that time I hadn't met him, right? Like, that's weird. Have I watched too many Datelines? I don't know. I just feel like it was strange. But then I I ultimately met him. I really like him. He's a nice guy. My mom seems to be happy. Um, So party on. I mean, I obviously won't be attending the wedding because I'm not going in public right now. I don't even know when the wedding is, if there's one planned. This sounds like very um, Jerry Springer, and it is a little bit, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Am I being a baby? Like, is it weird to think it's weird? I don't know. I It's just, it, it was strange. But anyway, cheers to you, Mom, Mrs. I don't know what your new name's going to be, but can't wait to find out. Cheers to you. You guys, speaking of engagements... Gwen Stefani, one of my heroes in life, who, by the way, is 51 years old. Gwen Stefani is 51. Let that sink in for a second. Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton got engaged today. I 
and Whistling Dixie. They are my favorite people in the world. I'm so obsessed with them. I love their love. I am dying to know what her engagement ring looks like. She posted a photo. They posted the same photo on both of their social medias and you can't really see the ring, but she's got such a cool, funky style that I'm really geeked to see what her engagement ring looks like. Remember, I'm sh I mean, who doesn't? But remember her wedding gown to Gavin Rossdale? I think it was Galliano. It was like a pink ombre gown before pink ombre was a thing. I remember seeing it and being shook to my core. And then she held like, instead of a bouquet, she held like a Bible with a few roses on it and then like a rosary hanging down. Oh my God, it was a look to remember. I was obsessed. So I'm excited to see what their wedding looks like too. But congratulations to them. She has three boys. He doesn't have any kids. I think it's safe to say they're not going to have any kids. Maybe they'll adopt older kids. I can see that. And I sign off on that. I think that's okay. Um, I love them. My only ask of you two, I would pump the brakes on the duets. You guys released a banger Christmas song. I love Gwen Stefani's Christmas album, by the way. Perfect recommendation at, for this time of year when we start to get into holiday. Her Christmas album is a 10 out of fucking 10. I'm obsessed. But all their other duets, let's turn it down a little bit. Okay, we get it. Um... As you all know, I'm a journalist, and part of my job is to do research. I often cite a reference, and that reference would be the Wendy Williams show. Now, I have liked Wendy Williams since she started her show. I remember her having a weird VH1 show. It was like 30 minutes a week on Saturday morning in the early 2000s. I never really got into that, but I knew who she was. But now she has a talk show, a daily hour-long talk show on Fox. It's on every day at noon. And I typically will just tune into her Hot Topics segment where she does kind of what I'm doing right now. So on Friday, I usually tune in on YouTube. Friday, I pull it up and I'm, you know, just going to listen to it in the background. And I was kind of tuned out. I was working. So it was like I just had it on in the background. But I noticed that something was off. So I started actually watching it on my phone. You guys, our girl Wendy was hammered. I'm talking Oxycontin, Jack Daniels, Malibu rum, Bacardi Raz. I mean, I don't know who allowed her to go on set. I don't know who then uploaded the whole stream to YouTube. So I'm watching the Hot Topic segment. It's so uncomfortable and so awkward. Everyone in the audience is sweating. She often will interact with her producers while she's filming. They are sweating. So then I finish watching Hot Topics and I'm like, you know what? Maybe she had like low blood sugar or something. So I go to the next segment, which is like arts and crafts. You guys, she's even more drunk on that segment. You have to go on YouTube and look. It was from this past Friday, which I think was the 23rd. She's in a black jumpsuit. You guys have to watch it. It's so messed up. Nobody has publicly come out and really addressed this. On Monday's episode, she said something, I'm paraphrasing, but she said something to the tune of, I work so hard for you guys. This show is a lot of work and you're really hard to please. You're a really tough crowd. It's like, mm, are we a tough crowd or are you a drug addict? That is such addict 
behavior too to take zero responsibility and like deflect I can't even deal but watch the clip tell me what you think I was distraught over it okay Ariana released her new music the song is called positions um, and I'm able to actually play you a clip without infringing on copyright so here we go here's the clip Sometimes I will stitch in opposition for you. So for sake of say we should have not so many new. How to say a fool's You heard it here first. That was a clip of her song Positions. Um, what language she's speaking? Don't know. Appreciate the multicultural approach to pop music. You guys, what the fuck? The song is at a best an eight there's something that's happened in the music industry where it's like your first single from your album can't be a total banger the first single from your album has to be somewhere between a six and an eight we can't release a a nine or a ten it's got to be mediocre ariana grande every time i hear her i feel like she has four pieces of saltwater taffy 16 marbles in her mouth and has recently been stung by a bee i can't understand a word that she's saying I think she's beautiful and incredibly talented, but I think she needs to open her mouth and take a strong course of Benadryl. She's also released the track list for her album. The titles, I was just like, really? One of them is a math equation that equals 69. Like, can we be, can we be done with 69? I mean, the, if you're in high school or if you're having sex at the local school playground, 69 might be for you, but listen, past 18, there's too much going on. My perspective is, can I just have a minute for me? Do I have to constantly be multitasking? Do you know how I am always doing seven things at once? Can I just lay here and enjoy myself? Do I really have to be, you know, staring in your butthole? Really? Can I just, can we just relax? It's not fun. It's not sexy. Somebody inevitably is sweating. The other person is out of breath. Like, it's just, can we move past it? Ariana, please. Everyone, please. Don't tell my husband. Please don't tell him. Oh, God. Um, okay. Have you guys heard about the Nexium cult? This started to come to fruition a few years ago. I found out, I had heard about this through different news sources, but HBO Max has a documentary called The Vow, okay? And it outlines this Nexium cult that is run by Kevin Rainier. Now, this cult, when it originated, was, I, I gotta be honest with you, I can I know exactly how people got roped in, but it was basically kind of a spiritual cult. It, it wasn't a cult. It was like an organization, a new religion almost, but it didn't seem super religion and religiony if you would and for lack of a better description it kind of was a new way of thinking a more involved way of thinking uh it was a way to heal yourself from past traumas through conversation and partnership with other people basically and all the people that started in this organization called nexium basically said, hey, all my trauma that I went through, I was over it. Like all these different processes that we went through worked. It was ran by a guy named Kevin Rainier. Now, when you see Kevin Rainier and hear about him, 
he seems a little off, but he he kind of just seems like a hippy dippy, like a Bill, not a Bill Gates, um, a Steve Jobs, like a little weird, a little off, but like a really big dork at best, not intimidating at all. But basically what happened was this Kevin Rainier guy had all these followers. I'm telling you, men, women, all different ages. We're talking doctors, scholars, all sorts of people joined this Nexium organization. And as it progressed, some D-list celebrities started joining it and advertising for it. Alex Mack, who I think was like on Smallville, was one of the biggest advocates for it. And as this Kevin Rainier got, we'll call it a bigger head, he started to do weirder things. And one of the things that he did was basically encourage the women of this organization to create these subgroups. And in order to join the subgroups, you had to give the leader of these groups collateral. So basically you had to say like, hey, I want to join this subgroup. I want to be a part of it, but you should know that my dad is involved in the mafia and here's naked pictures of my mom. So basically like if I say anything about this subgroup, you have all this collateral and you can come after me. So women would join this group only to realize that they were A, getting branded. Literally one of the initiation protocol was to get branded with Kevin Rainier's initials. Then you became a slave to whomever was above you. And when I mean slave, I mean slave. Like you weren't allowed to eat, sleep, drink, go to the bathroom, shower without asking permission wild stuff. So anyway, long story short, they get caught. Kevin Rainier today got sentenced to 120 years in prison. I'm about to read you a very short list of the charges against him. This is seriously, there was like, I think 20. Conspiracy, forced labor, sex trafficking, identity theft, endangering a minor, racketeering, and child pornography. Can you imagine? And I hate to say this, but all it takes is one captivating person to create a complete and utter shit show. Donald Trump, I'm looking at you. But this, that's another recommendation, recommendation that I have. If you have HBO Max to watch The Vow, it's fascinating, it's captivating, it's deeply disturbing, but I'm so, so, so happy that this guy is behind bars because holy shit. All right, I've been talking about this for two episodes now. Now look, I am not one who enjoys doing research. When I tell you any research that I do to the, for this show captivates me on a level that I cannot explain. When I sat down to relive the story of Sandra Bullock and Jesse James, I was fascinated. So let's get into it. So, so much to untangle here. So. We all know Sandra Bullock, right? She was like America's sweetheart. She isn't recently, she's been out of the limelight, kind of, sort of, since this happened in 2010. But she was in movies like Miss Congeniality, The Proposal, and then Blindside is her most um, critically acclaimed performance that she had. But she was really the it girl, the rom-com queen of like the late 90s to the mid 2000s, right? Like we all loved her. She was one of those people that everybody really either liked or adored. Nobody really hated her for anything because she always kept her personal life out of the spotlight. We didn't know much about her. 
In 2003, her godson really wanted to go to the set of West Coast Customs, which was Jesse James' show. Now, Jesse James was a bad boy. He was very much an E-list celebrity. He had quite a few shows on Spike, Discovery Channel. He was kind of like a modern-day evil Knievel. He did a lot of motorcycle stuff, stunts, car design, all that kind of thing. So Sandra Bullock's godson wants to go on the set of West Coast Customs and check it out. So she, being the celebrity that she is, takes him to the set. She meets Jesse James, and according to both of them, it was like love at first sight. Okay, that's in 2003. They get engaged, and then they have a private wedding in July of 2005. Now, you should know Jesse James had been married three times prior, okay, and they're in their 40s. He's in his late 30s at this time. So he already had three marriages and three children. His most recent ex-wife was in jail for tax evasion, okay? So he has kind of a rough past. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was kind of like people wanted so much for them to be America's sweetheart, but everybody kind of thought, eh, like, we love Sandra Bullock and you're kind of, like, not good. You're kind of a weird, bad influence. Like, this is weird. But anyway, we embraced him. So they are married for five years. Fast forward to January of 2010, Sandra Bullock, who seriously, like always a bridesmaid, never a bride when it comes to awards. She's in The Blind Side, which is a fantastic movie. She gets nominated for all of them, the Golden Globes, Oscars, SAG, you name it. She wins the Oscar, okay, for Best Actress. She beat out Meryl Streep. And I don't know if you remember, but she wore that kind of like silvery, pearly, long gown and had the lace on the top with the red lip, the hair down. So she wins the Oscars and everybody is weeping because it's like everybody's just so happy that she finally won. And she says in her speech, I don't know if you remember it, but I truly remember it like it was yesterday. She said to her husband something like, it's no surprise that my work improved when I met you because I never knew what it was like for somebody to have my back. So this is the pinnacle of her career. Now, not only has she finally won the Oscar, but her marriage is on display. Like, we're so obsessed. Okay, that's in January, okay? March 16th, 2010. In Touch Weekly releases a magazine, or releases a magazine, releases an article. Um, a woman named Michelle Bombshell McGee. Do you guys fucking remember her? Ugh. She was the antithesis of Sandra Bullock. She was always, had huge fake boobs, tattoos everywhere. I am not placing judgment, by the way. I'm just saying she was completely opposite from Sandra Bullock. She was always photographed in like thong bikinis. She had her hair dyed. She very much seemed like kind of a wild child, but also exactly who we pictured Jesse James with. So she comes out to In Touch Weekly and basically says, hey, I've been having an 11 month affair with Jesse James. While Sandra Bullock was on location filming The Blind Side, Jesse and I spent all this time together. She shows receipts, okay? She shows text messages, Facebook messages. Then she says, oh, and by the way, I'm not the only one, okay? The whole world was shooketh. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember thinking like, that's it. I give up on love. Um, I don't believe in the institution of marriage. I believe all men are pieces of shit. I was heartbroken. Why? 
I mean, you should know this by now. This is what I eat, breathe, sleep. So shortly after this article comes out, more women come forward. We're talking like almost a dozen women come forward with receipts, Facebook messages, which is so funny. But at the time, that was it, right? Like we didn't really have Instagram or anything like that. So that was how you communicated with people. So it becomes very, very obvious that this is, you know, this happened. This is real. So Sandra Bullock cancels her European press tour for the blind side and cites like, you know, personal reasons. So then we're like, oh shit. So then it comes forward that Jesse James and Sandra had over the course of the last four years been trying to adopt domestically. Okay. So they right around the time that she won that Oscar, adopted a little boy from New Orleans named Lewis. So he's still a baby baby at this point, okay? So that comes out. Jesse James releases this apology that was like, I've devastated my wife. I've devastated my children. I can't believe it. So he basically like agrees to it, okay? He's apologetic. Well, then on April 23rd, our girl Sandra files for divorce and Jesse... No, no, no. She files for divorce. Okay. So in Austin, Texas, which is where they lived. So then it comes out these pictures. I don't know if you guys remember this, but of Jesse James wearing like a Nazi hat and then doing a Hitler mustache with his fingers and like the Hail Hitler sign with his arm. So then all these things come out about how him and all these girls that he had affairs with, which they all looked the exact same, would engage in like this Nazi culture. Like they loved it. They were obsessed with it. So that, that was like then another facet, right? Like, holy shit. You kind of got a window into like what she was dealing with. So then after those photos come out, he goes to rehab. Now what you go to rehab for when you're just a cheating fucking Nazi psychopath. I don't know, but whatever. I very much feel like that was just a grab. But anyway, so that's that. Then everything goes silent for four months. Then our girl Kat Von D comes out in August. Okay, so Sandra filed for divorce in April. Kat Von D comes out in August and says, hey guys, I'm dating Jesse James. Now, we were all like, of course you are. Like, that is exactly who you should be with. He, You are his type. He is your type. And we all kind of like started hating Kat Von D for no reason. And when I say we all, I mean me. Um, but for no real reason. Like, what did she ever do? You know, give somebody some tattoos and that was that. But we don't hear a word from Sandra Bullock. That's it. So then in January of 2011, it comes out that Kat Von D and Jesse James are engaged. Seriously, like, who do you think you are, my mother? So then July comes around, they break up. Surprise, who saw that coming? Then September comes around two months later and they break up their engagement again. He then shortly after that goes on to marry his fourth wife, his, excuse me, his fifth wife, they just got divorced this year, but I went through and I watched all the interviews. So in 2011, Jesse James did an interview with Nightline. There's not a whole lot of collateral on Sandra Bullock. She did an interview with Barbara Walters right before the Oscars and is still very much in love with her husband, 
super obsessed with him. Um, but then you don't really see anything after that. So Jesse James in 2011, a year later, did an interview with Nightline. And this is when I was kind of like, okay, you douche. Like, he's trying to move on, but he was pretty much had the attitude of like, yeah, I mean, I had the perfect life, um, but you know, I fucked it up and it is what it is. And I hurt her, but you know, I was super uncomfortable. He said, this is almost a direct quote. I'm like this guy from the streets and she's this actress. And I told her all the time, like, I wish you were a teacher because I could handle this a lot better. Are you fucking kidding me? So then about two years, no, 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 no. About five years after that, Okay, so at this point, he's married to his fifth wife, whatever. He does an interview, and I just watched, I had to watch it twice because my mouth was agape. He is so rude and so narcissistic. He basically says, like, yeah, you know, um, I was married to her. It was whatever. We were, you know, we want, we had the same goals in life, but, you know, I make one mistake and then she blows me off. And the interviewer is basically like, you know, was this hard for you? He was like, well, it wasn't hard for my kids because my kids never had a relationship with her. Are you kidding me? In all the interviews before he got caught cheating, he was like, she's the best stepmother. I love her so much. She loves the kids. We're happily married. So then in this interview, he's talking about how she didn't have a relationship. Then he says, the hardest part for me was losing touch with this baby that we adopted, you know, I had lived with him. And then I don't know. I mean, if you cheat on your wife, is that a reason to never see your kids again? I don't think so. But I guess the rules of Hollywood are different. And, you know, I didn't get to see the kid. That was the hardest part for me. I tried to stay in Hollywood, but paparazzi were outside my house. Then, then he goes to say, this is a direct quote. I beat the shit out of so many of those paparazzi. And the interviewer is like, oh, really? Like you can tell the interviewer is like, did we have enough security on set? And he goes, yeah, what I would do is I would wait until it was dark and they couldn't see me coming and then just beat the shit out of them. Or I would try to follow them home and drive them off the road. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a case in point. I would like to thank very personally Michelle Bombshell McGee. Thank you so much for ruining this marriage because our girl Sandra is a national treasure. She doesn't deserve this. She went on to, by the way, she never had to work again. She is worth millions and millions and millions. She went on to adopt another child and has since had a life partner named Brian. Nobody really knows if they're married or not, but she's out of the limelight. She's a family woman now. She's probably like, oh my God, thank God. But when I saw that other interview, I was like, oh, no, this isn't somebody who just cheated on his wife. This is a narcissistic, psychopath, freak bitter, violent loser. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is that. I'm obsessed with that story because I love that Sandra came out like, you know, bells a whistling. I love her. I'm so happy for her. I hate him. And Kat Von D, what were you thinking? Although I'm not the biggest fan of Kat Von D now. She's kind of like, she got married to some, I don't know what he is, but he has a big Instagram following. I think his Instagram handle is prayers. They had a kid recently. They live in some weird house. It's she's weird. And by the way, did you guys know? 
So she had, she was one of the first people to have a successful like um, celebrity makeup line, Kat Von D. She came out two years ago um, as being an anti-vaxxer and her beauty brand dropped her. Did you know this? So the beauty brand still uses like the same branding that they had when Kat Von D was a part of it, but it's called now something like Cody Vegan Beauty or something. It's in Ulta and Sephora still, but they dropped her. Um, and I remember when she came out, her makeup line was like very highly respected. A lot of beauty influencers liked it, um, but yeah, they dropped her. And so now she's living in her weird haunting of Hill House house with her weird husband. I don't know. But anyway, that's the history of Sandra and Jesse James. One of my favorite stories. All right, next episode. Next week is going to be one way or another. I'm either going to be crying tears of joy or crying tears of pain. So you're just going to have to bear with me. Next episode, I'm going to talk about my friends and I the other night were discussing our top favorite slash most iconic outfits of all time. I thought it was just going to be an innocent group chat. I have not stopped thinking about this. So we're going to cover that. I'm going to talk about how I met my husband. That was a um, listener question that came in. And then our celebrity whiplash for next week is going to be, this was a listener suggestion and I'm all here for it. Lou Pearlman. Do you guys remember the manager of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, Lou Pearlman? And all the corruption that went on there. So I'm going to dig into that. Don't worry, I will do my research. My team always comes through and helps me. I really hope you guys stay safe. This upcoming week we have Halloween and we also have the election. Um, I don't really know what's going to go on, but please just make safe decisions. Do what feels best for you and your family. I love you all. I mean it. I hope you have an incredible week. You deserve it. Don't forget, never leave the house without a sense of humor, a positive attitude, and your gold hoops. I love you. Bye. Bye.